Oh, we forgot to research. I forgot to research the penguin shit. I didn't either. Okay. You know what? Clearly nothing that crazy can be happening or we would have heard about it. I looked it up a couple days ago just to see if anything new had happened, but I didn't see anything. So I didn't read on it. I wonder, I read that this is like the biggest, um, what is it? Antitrust case? Is that what it's called? Anti, antitrust, antitrust. What is that? (laughs) Me trying to figure out words. Oh, antitrust. Yes, 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 yes. Biggest antitrust case? Case in U.S. history. Whoa, that's great. Isn't that cool? Yeah. But um, so I have a feeling that it's going to go on for a while before they come up with anything. It's something we'll just slowly have to keep following throughout the season. Right. Not longer. And I mean, all these people rich, so they can afford good lawyers. Right. I don't. Yeah. It's not like we have like concern or like empathy for the or sympathy for the like actual people involved it's more like the ramifications on the other on the writers who will be impacted by it. right yes and also like small places the little guys little guys yeah that's stressful the publishing industry stresses me out it is in fact a little bit poopy it's a poop show hey guys hey <laughs> i'm riz and i'm liza and this is the little sleep much reading podcast finally from so little sleeping and so much reading His brain dried up, and he went completely out of his mind. What are you looking for? Um, there's a spider on my ceiling. Eh! Yeah, there was this big spider, ugly one, the one day, and I said, Mom, you need to kill that spider. She's like, I can't. I don't want to. It's kind of scary. I was like, okay, which well, she's not. A, she, I'm afraid of spiders. She's not afraid of spiders. So I'm like, okay, whatever. Maria. Now the next day, this has been like, it's been like four or five days. And there are all these smaller ones now. And I'm like, I told you. It had I told babies. you. It had Muppet babies. Right. And they're like, it's like crawling on the ceiling above me. Oh, you can't see it. That makes me want to throw the hell up. Oh, I see it. I see it. I see it. Well, maybe like they'll, they'll eat all the bad bugs. It maybe. looks like it's got pinchers. Ah! I hate yeah. that. Have you heard like of that. these bugs that we're supposed to kill if you see them? No. I had on my window last night on the outside, so <gasps> I can kill it. But they're like these moths. And they almost look like lacewing flies, if you know, if you've ever seen a lacewing fly, but they're not lacewing flies. And they're like disastrous to the environment and they like kill the trees that's like their thing and so if you see them you're supposed to like immediately kill them and i've seen tiktoks of people like collecting them and like mass murdering them but i didn't i i guess i kind of knew they were in new york because i heard people at work talking about them but i had never seen one until yesterday that's wild i did not know that like, let me look it up and see what it is so so we can give a little PSA. Yeah, I've looked up what a lacewing fly looks like. That's kind of cute. I don't think I'd be able to kill it. <laughs> I know. They're like... Lacewing flies scare me just because they're... Oh, lantern fly. Lantern fly. Lantern fly. They're really fucking... They make me want to throw the hell up. Spotted lantern fly. They're indigenous to China. They somehow ended up here... And highly invasive spotted lantern fly. They've landed in like every con like state at this point, and they kill the trees. And that's not good. That's not good. They're kind of pretty. They're- that's not good. They can't be doing that to us. 
Ew. It's like, um, what were, there's those, like, caterpillars you're supposed to kill, too. No. Bad. I don't and, want to. And then there's, um, Japanese beetles, which, of course, you want to kill those because they're ugly and they're bad. But yeah, bad bugs. This is why we need like to somehow introduce like more bats to the environment so they can eat them. <gasps> Marissa. Holy crap, it just fell on me. Did no, you it that? did not. Yes, it did. Are you kidding? <laughs> Mom, yes, it did. <laughs> Mom, you have to come kill it now. Where is it? I don't it? know where it went. <laughs> I knew it was going to freaking do that to me. I didn't even know spiders could fall off things. Well, guess what? We're moving. Friggin' dead. Friggin' dead. Friggin' dead. That was dramatic. Dead. Now we're now I can't sit in this kitchen ever again. <laughs> this kitchen's dead to me. <laughs> dead. Oh, poor Marissa. Did you see it fall? I didn't. I didn't. <sighs> so fast. I'm sure if we watch this back and we slow it down, we'll be able to see it. No, I, I hit it off me. I literally felt it with my fingertips. Ew. <laughs> Ew. Oh, my God. That makes me sick. Yeah, and then I saw it crawling around. The weird little spider thing. Friggin' hate that. Ew. Friggin' hate it. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> after that adrenaline rush, um... Yeah, that was terrifying. I'm so sorry. Should we talk about some books to calm you down? Maybe we maybe we should. Um, what, what's today, Shliza? Today we were judging, picking. Okay, judging books by their cover. We picked books specifically on their cover, with no other real knowledge as to what the book was about. Right? Yeah. Uh, so I read When I Sing the Mountains Dance by Irene Solia. And I read The Splendid City by Karen Hewler. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, what genre is your book? My book is, I would probably call it Magical Realism. Cool, cool. So that's that's on brand for you. That's in your wheelhouse of it's, booking. It's things. my favorite genre. So it's not that surprising that I somehow picked a magical realism book. I picked a fantasy book. Uh oh, that's uh -huh. not really Marissa. No. So obviously we picked these books for the covers, <laughs> and my covers very fun. It's all primary colors, you know, that fun stuff. It's got a cat with a gun on it. That's where I bought it. I said, look at that cat. He's got a gun. I want to know everything about him. Yeah. So I got that book. Um, and when I was cashing out, the uh, the guy who was cashing me out was like, because I bought it at work. And he was like, I didn't know you like witches. And I was like, everybody likes witches who doesn't like witches yeah. but i had no idea what he was talking about and then i realized like below the cat the witch. A witch i was just like everyone likes witches who doesn't like witches yeah me like uh so silly goofy silly goofy mood what about yours what about your cover my cover is super weird it looks like it's like I don't even know. It's just a bunch of like weird flora and fauna and a mountain. And it looks kind of like freaking like Mesozoic period, but it also looks like a beautiful painting. And the thing that attracted me to it, which I feel like is part of the cover. I feel like judging a book by its cover, you should count the title and anything on the front of the book. Um, and so the thing that really attracted me, other than like how like pretty and like weird, also the title takes up the whole cover, which you don't see that often. No. Um, and it's a long title, which is kind of cool. But the thing that really attracted me to it is it says translated from the Catalan by Mara Faye Letham. And I was like, first of all, I love translation. 
We love women in translation. Uh, it is August is Women in Translation Month. So always support women writing in other languages and women translating other languages. But it's a translate from the Catalan. I was like, ma'am, what is Catalan? And I didn't know. And then I found out that it is a type of Spanish spoken in like the Spain region. So there's like Spain Spanish, but then there's also Catalonian Spanish. And I started to learn that like all kinds of Spanish are different. So there is like Mexican Spanish and Puerto Rican Spanish and Dominican Spanish, and they're all like a little bit different. But I guess Catalonian Spanish and Catalan is like pretty different than standard Spanish. But they speak it in this like very specific part of the Spain region and the people that are from there like identify as like Catalan instead of Spanish. So if, okay, but if you know one Spanish, do you think you could pretty much understand them all? I think if you know one Spanish, you can definitely understand um, Mexican Spanish, Dominican Spanish, Puerto Rican Spanish, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I actually don't know if you would be able to understand Catalan because it's like its own thing. I just brought it up. Like it's derived. It has like little bits of Spanish, but it also is like um, like parts it's a romance language so it has like parts italian and french it's spoken in the in the like pyrenees mountains i think you could probably translate a work written by a mexican author and a spanish author right but i don't know if that same person could have translated this like i'm guessing mara faye letham is specifically a Catalan translator, which feels like a niche market. So I'm sure she can translate other stuff too, but I think she probably specifically had to learn Catalan. How cool is that? Isn't that cool? Imagine having that set of skills. I wish I did. I can't speak any other language, which is really annoying. I've learned so many languages in my life and none of them stick. The only one that's been sticking pretty well with me is sign. <laughs> and that's like, that's like, with I don't, I don't speak it. You know what I mean? But I was going to say that is like, it is like, I feel like, I hope eventually ASL can be taught in school the same way that Spanish and like, there's some things that like, are just so like, you don't need to know how to speak Latin. I took Latin. I'm like, I should have had to take something that you actually speak. So I feel like, they should like get rid of like French, German and Latin because like there's no honestly need to learn those. And you should have to do like ASL, Spanish, Mandarin or like Arabic or something that like a lot of people speak so that you can actually communicate with other people. That's why people who speak two languages fluently or multiple languages fluently, I'm like, how is that even computing in your brain? such talent i i applaud you magic to be able to translate an entire book and get the tone that the original writer used yeah which i don't know if you've ever tried to do that liza it's fun we had to take a translating class when we were in germany it is fun like everyone as an exercise and not, you don't even really have to know the language. Like, obviously, it helps if you do. But just for fun, pick, like, a tiny poem. Uh-huh. Yep. Pick a tiny poem, maybe, like, six lines or something like that, okay? And look up each word. Pick one language and look up each word individually. And then, like, there'll be – if it's if the poem's about a pigeon, then there's going to be, like, pigeon, bird, dove. There's going to be all these different – translations to that one word and you get to pick and choose which one it is and change the poem how you want and just for fun like it's a fun activity to do that's really cool and it becomes a different poem then right right 
I remember we had to do something like that for writers forum one year where it was like an op maybe it was when you were in Germany or maybe it was like an option like there was a multiple things you could do and one of them was translation and Lexi and I worked together and we translated um Shakespeare into like non-Shakespeare oh that's cool and we made a whole little like booklet that was kind of fun because Shakespeare Shakespeare is kind of its own I also applaud people who can speak like old like like people who translated um like Beowulf and like Sir Gawain and the Green Knight, like um, that sort of thing is cool. Shakespeare is not quite that level of work to translate it, but it is sort of a different, like speaking Shakespeare, being able to understand Shakespeare is like a little bit of being able to speak a different language. Yes. Which is cool too. Like it, that's just like a fun, language is so cool. Language is so cool. I love it. We love words. We love words. So, I read The Splendid City. And, so yeah. I'm just going to talk about the cover again. Because I like it so much. It looks like a playing card, kind of. Um, with the cat with the gun on the top. And the witch on the bottom. Separated by the title. All primary colors, yellow, red, blue. The cities in the background of both of them. Um, and it's also in the very background. It's like all dots. Which, I don't know. It's just so... It really stood out to me. And I think I really like the whole playing card thing. I think that's cool. Um... So that's what made me pick this book. I saw it on a table and I said, that looks really, really cool. Um, And then I couldn't find it for the longest time. I couldn't find it. Could not find it. And then luckily Liza had a picture of it because she also thought this book looks cool. And um, yeah, so I found out that It was a fantasy book and I was a little bit scared because that's not my most favorite thing, but I think it worked out pretty well. Um, I'm trying to decide how I want to do this. Like, do I want to read first? I think I will do that. So I want to read the opening to this book because after the cover, the opening is the first introduction to everything, really. So that's what I'm going to do because I read this and thought it was the funniest thing. And I was like, I definitely made the right choice. So chapter one. Liberty. Betsy Bundaroo was used to seeing cats, but not ones who walked upright or spoke. She was standing at the bus stop reading the notice that said the bus had been canceled permanently. Why, she wondered. Why don't they say? But these were the times. Indefinite suspensions, removals, reversals, etc. Things suddenly were and then just as suddenly were not. The structure is breaking down, she thought, and no surprise there. She felt a sort of grim satisfaction in it. So much had already changed since the election. Why not this, too? Why should anything work when none of it made sense? The president did not want buses to run anywhere near the palace, and that was necessary, she supposed. She understood, but the larger problem was that the world was going crazy. No one could tolerate anyone who didn't agree with them. It's true, the big black cat said, nodding wisely. Ah, she had been muttering again, a bad habit that was growing on her. The cat was wearing a bow tie and a fanny pack. I'm finding it very hard to have a reasonable conversation these days. Everyone shouts sound bites and no one shouts facts. I wonder if there are any facts left, she said with a sigh. I mean, everything is endlessly manipulated. If she'd had time, she would have wondered why she was having a conversation with the cat. But right then and there, she felt it was best to be polite because he was such a very large cat and he sounded irritated. 
Things would be so much better if there were no internet, the cat said moodily, because it spreads everything too fast. People see crap, believe it, and act on it before there's a chance to respond. And there's never just one response. It branches out. Have you heard about those mushrooms whose underground roots spread for miles in all directions? That's the internet for you. But mushroom roots aren't right or wrong, she said, frowning. I don't think you've quite got the right kind of analogy there. Really? He asked with a nasty hissing kind of snarl, pulling off his fanny pack and rummaging through it quickly to pull out a gun. Really? He asked again and shot her. She clutched her upper arm. Blood ran through her clothes. The cat put the gun back in his pack and ran off. Eleanor was going to be mad. A happy growl rose in his throat. So that was the opening to that book. Um, And yeah, I read that and I said, huh? <laughs> I said, what? And um, I kept reading. I thought that was so silly, so funny. Um, yeah. So for readability and interest, I gave it a seven. I will say um, it's split up into three parts. And while the opening was really, really good, I think it I think part one is a little bit slow and it didn't really like I almost couldn't grasp what exactly was going on. Um, And I didn't really get into it until part two, which is um a flashback but once part two happened which let me see what page part two comes on so part two is on page 105 so that's quite a ways and this book is only 260 ish pages long so that's quite a ways into the book to be feeling like oh this book is kind of slow i don't really know where it's going but once i got to part two it really picked up Part three was still good. And I read this book in only a couple days. For language and style, I gave it a six. There's nothing that I would really note about it. Um, It just felt like being told the story, I guess. There was nothing that I, that, Sometimes you read writing that is much to note and you feel very much a part of it. For this, I just felt like it was just happening, um, which is fine, but only a six. Um, I will say the witchery described in it. I should explain what it's about. Um, Pretty much... I believe it's Texas has declared itself to be its own country called Liberty. And um, Eleanor, who's a witch, and this man, Stan, who she turned into a cat, have to go to Liberty to find a missing witch. And um, the place is kind of weird. I think everyone like carries a gun there and um, there's water problems and there's lots of like parades and parties. And the whole idea of the place is like distract people and make them give them things that they think that they want before they even know that they want it. You guys are just going to hear Zoe for a minute, and that's just the way that it is. He's excited. He's picking out book bags. So um, so the witchery in this book was really, really interesting, the way that things were described. Um, there's one part where she's learning to um, change one object into another object. And first she's given an object and she has to like find what it originally was. And the way she's described to like go into the object and feel for its original form is really, really just interesting. And um, I thought it was original in the sense that it's like everything has 
a, a first form or something like that. Um, also, the magic with the cat is really interesting because obviously he's a walking and talking cat and people seem to like know he's a cat. But then there's so many times where they're like, he's a weird guy. Like he. Every time I look at him, he almost looks like a cat. So it's like, I don't know if they're like forgetting that he's a cat when they look away from him or if they can't like for some reason, it's like people can't tell he's a cat, but they know he's a cat, which I thought was really, really cool. So nothing to really say about form. Like I said, it was split up into three parts really picked up in the second part um for shelf worthy read again i'm gonna give it a six i don't think that i would read this book again i am gonna keep it on my shelf and i do think if she were to come out with more books from this series if she made sequels and all that fun stuff to this i would pick those up Um, Because I do think that it's interesting and fun. And I wonder how much further she could press this magic. And I mean, a first book always has to be a little bit light and quirky and fun. But if she got more books, I feel like it would get darker and that would be interesting. For plot, I gave it a seven. I thought it was really original. Um, She touched on a lot of interesting things like, you know, states kind of doing their own things. Um, a president who is corrupt, a government who is corrupt, people being pacified by like escapism culture with like parades and things. Um, There's a huge conversation in this book, ongoing conversation throughout the whole book about being a woman and the way that men treat women the way Stan treats Eleanor, all that stuff. There's also a lot of race comments in this book. Like a lot of the people, people just go missing in Liberty for whatever reason. And a lot of people who do go missing are people of color, of course. Um, So conversations like that. And then for characterization, I gave this an eight because I actually really liked the characters. Um, but I rated it so high, not for the characters that I enjoyed, but for the character who I did not like, um, probably one of the most annoying characters I've ever encountered in my many years of reading and my annoyance and hatred for him was so large that I thought that this book deserved an eight for characterization. Like to make me feel that much, it was pretty, pretty nice. Yeah. That was pretty much my rating on that. Yeah. I I think for a fantasy book, which isn't my usual cup of tea, if I were to rate this overall, just give it one rating, I would rate it just above average. So I'd rate it like maybe a five or a six out of 10. Um, but just because it was not my cup of tea. But I still think it was a good book, and I still liked it. And that's it. That's all I got to say on that. That's all she wrote. Um, Maybe I will still read it, though. Like, it seems interesting. It, it definitely was. And, like, you will definitely like the magic parts in it. Right, right. Um, and it's it's silly goofy like it is something silly and I like I really like the the kind of feminist conversations in it and, and I like all the political conversations in it I thought that was really cool I love to be in a silly goofy mood you know um what was I gonna say oh yeah there was another book that came out in paperback around the same time that this one came out called everybody knows your mother is a witch and the cover is actually kind of similar to this one. And I remember taking a picture of them at a similar time. And that one seemed really cool too. And I don't know, cause I haven't read it, but I don't know if it's actually similar, but the covers are, so that's always fun. Let me see if I have a picture. Cause you know, I'm, I'm, a, 
I'm gonna take a picture of a cover. She'd be saving them covers. That's my thing. Um. Oh, here we go. Everybody knows your mother is a witch. Ooh, I really like that. Really cool cover. What are those like little dogs on the bottom? Little demon dogs? Yeah. Yes. And look, it says one of my favorite books, it will astonish, beguile and transform you, says Karen Russell, author of Orange World. Love Karen. So that's definitely one to add to the list. Yeah, I took a picture of it the same day. I took a picture of it the same day I took the picture of Splendid City. You saw them, you were like twins. And I, yeah, and I was like, sign me the hell up. I I always judge books by their cover. If you don't judge a book by its cover, you're lying. I saw this funny TikTok trend going on Book Talk, and it was like Jack, it's Jack Black talking, but I saw a girl using it on Book Talk, and it was like, some people are hot on the outside and ugly on the inside. Some people are ugly on the outside but hot on the inside. And some people are hot on the outside and hot on the inside. And she was showing different books and it was very funny. We should do that. We should do that. We should do that trend. I'm trying to think of a book I would use that's ugly on the outside, but hot on the inside. Like I'm trying to think of a cover I don't like. It would probably have to be like an older book because there's like quite a few classics that just have gross covers. I know. And I search for books that have like good, like, for example, I like like vintage covers of things. Mm-hmm. I hate when they revamp old covers because actually sometimes it makes it worse. Unless it's a yes. Penguin Classic, because I do tend to like the Penguin Classics covers. But like I found an old copy of Kafka short stories with metamorphosis in it on a stoop. And I picked it up because the copy I have is like modernized. So it's ugly as fuck. Ugh. Um, I can't see it over here, but just know that I do have that. You know like what? Cover? Huh? huh? You I said I like your outfit. Thank you. I had to start getting ready for work. Um, I don't love the cover of horns. Do you have the hard cover? Or you have soft cover? I have paperback? a paperback. Yeah. I like it in hard cover. I don't like it in paperback. And it's such a beautiful book that, like, mm-hmm. a paperback... Wait, let me look up what the hardcover looks like. I think it looks the same as the paperback, but it's just, like, shiny. Okay. And that makes it for some reason. I just don't know what I would have rather had. Like, I can't think of something that I think the cover should be. I think for Horns, a good cover would have been um, a snake. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't like, I don't love the pitchfork. And I don't love the cover with Daniel Radcliffe. No, we don't like that. This one's kind of cool. It looks like it might be one of the original covers. That one is really cool. Sometimes I specifically go on thrift books to see if I can find a better cover. A better cover. I, I don't know. I don't mind the pitchfork one, but I only like it in the hardcover because it's got that weird, shiny, glossy look to it. I feel like that makes it in the paperback. It just looks like silly. It looks silly, goofy, it's silly, goofy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know if your paperback has this, but if you see this copy, see how it has like those lines down it. Yeah, that's what I have. Oh, so yours has the lines down it, too. Wait, let me show you. Yeah. <laughs> it has like you can't see them on camera but there's like scratch marks kind of Mm, see that's what i like about it but it's flat you know what maybe the you said it's shiny on the hardcover Mm -hmm. i think that makes them stand out more it's completely like yeah the only thing shiny there's no shine this is matte Mm, maybe that's it you know but yeah, I just don't freaking like that. It makes it look like a horror novel. And although it is a horror novel, it's so much more than that. Right. And I just wish someone had given him a, just a good... I just think some people don't understand this book. I agree. I think we need to change what like the word literary fiction means. Yes, because this literary is literary fiction should be an all-encompassing thing. 
it's not horror, horror, even though it's scary. And this person on the back writes a masterly, a masterly thriller. Bitch, this is not a thriller. I hate that. And they gave it this horror cover. And I just don't like that. Does yours, if you open it up, does it have the, um, the, uh, oh, okay. What does yours have? It doesn't have the, the Morse code anywhere in it. No, but that would be cool too. On the cover of it, it has Morse code. And so I was like, what the heck does this mean? So I translated it and it's uh, sympathy for the temple. <laughs> I love that. I love this book so, silly. so much. I love the first chapter of this book so much. I, this is everybody read this damn book. Please read horns, guys. Nobody understands. Nobody understands. Nobody gets it. Nobody it's, gets it. It's so beautiful. And nobody They're gets like, it. They're like, oh, that cheesy movie. I'm like, no, no. no. Um, I still have to watch the black phone. Me too. It's at the drive-ins. I should just go see it. Let, let me come to Buffalo. Let's go see it. Let's go. Ethan Hawke. <sighs> I guess I'll write this book. Do it. Um. Okay. Folks. So I read When I Sing the Mountains Dance by Irene Sola, which was translated from the Catalan by Mara Faye Lethem. I already talked a little bit about the cover and how, like, why I picked this book based on judging it on its cover. I also will say, I caught my eye that it was a Grey Wolf Press book. We do stand Grey Wolf in this house as a rule. And this book, I don't even know how to describe it. I said it was magical realism and it is definitely that. But to summarize this book would be very difficult. It takes place in the Pyrenees mountains and it's sort of the the only thing i can think of to describe it is like an ode to the pyrenees and the people there um it's super strange i did i was very compelled by it but it's one of the few books where my rating scale was all over the place um so if you remember back to the episode where i did the reckless girls and i rated her writing like so low but i rated the plot like somewhere in the middle this book i rated her writing like just about as high as you can get for me but the plot i felt it felt lackluster to me so i'll sort of talk about that in every category but for the readability i gave this book a six i don't think you should not read it based on how i rank the plot um because i do think it's such a strange and different kind of book that it's something you would want to try out um but i didn't find myself like being desperate to read more or thinking about it when I wasn't reading it, other than maybe thinking about the writing style and the, the form of it. Um, so for the writing, I gave this book a nine. She has such a distinct writing style. I loved it. Um, it's definitely something to like take note of and learn from, especially if you like very peculiar writing. She, she often writes a lot of sounds out which i always think is really cool and the writing is just like fucking weird like there's just there's so many weird sections i could just pull out anything you really read would be good let me see if i can find one the cap of one is the cap of us all the flesh of one is the flesh of us all the memories of one are the memories of us all the darkness yes the darkness like an embrace delicious protective welcoming like a falling the earth like a blanket like a mother black damp we are all mothers here we are all sisters aunties cousins then the rain comes we remember the rain we remember it on our skin on the dark caps of those who greeted it mm, they said to the rain mm, and they drank it in before mm, we said mm, rain 
and we drank it in. We drank it in through the elastic trumpets we had then. We drank it in with our black trumpets now. We will drink it in with the firm, dark, open mouths we'll later have. The rain goes tick, tick, tick. The earth swallows it down. The rain goes tick, tick, tick. We swallow it down. Girl, what? I don't even know what's going on there. It almost reads like a poem, but it's in a paragraph. And that, just to give you a feel of how weird this book is, that passage is kind of from the perspective of mushrooms, which is just cool. Um, And there's a lot of sections like that. And I'll sort of get into that, I think, when I talk about characterization um, a little bit more. I'm just trying to think there's a really interesting part that's from the perspective of this one is from the perspective of like tectonic plates um and it says don't come looking for me blind as i am immense as they made me deaf from my ear shattering birth you have no need for my voice nor for my perspective leave me be it's just very very strange and i love it there's another section that has all poems in it which is kind of weird So I guess that leads me right into form. I gave this book an eight for form. The only reason I didn't give it a nine was I thought it was so cool, but because of how I ended up feeling about the plot of the book, I don't know if I can give it the the sort of criteria we have for a nine slash a 10, which is that it's working with the story. But I would say it's noteworthy and highly experimental. Um, Like I kind of just said, this book, this book switches perspectives every chapter and we kind of meet a new person or a new thing or a new feeling every chapter it also is like sort of mixed media so it has this very like poetic quality to it all throughout but there is one section that has like full stop poems in it um and there is one section that has full-on drawings in it and it's when it's where it's when we're from the perspective of the pyrenees mountain so it's tectonic plates shifting so as you're reading that section you're like seeing how the mountain was formed which i think is like very cool like it's just very experimental i always love when people just like do something weird and they don't necessarily they don't give you an explanation for why they did it but they're just like, I'm gonna do this weird thing and that's how we're gonna do it. Like, I appreciate that. And so that's why I gave this book an eight for form. Um, For shelf worthiness, I give this book a five. Like I said, I don't want the way I rated this book to discourage somebody from reading it because I do think it's like cool and you should try it out. That being said, I don't think I'm gonna read it again unless I wanna go look at like her sort of like her structure of her writing and the sort of like rhythm to it to sort of try and like get ideas from that. But otherwise, not like a story that I'm gonna wanna revisit. So if you're really just curious about the writing style and you liked that part I read and you wanna hear more, I do think you could definitely like check this out from a library or like borrow it from a friend if they have it. Um, It's not something you need, but I'm probably gonna hang on to it because like I do think the writing style is something to learn from. For plot, I did give this book a five. I was not very compelled by the plot other than the concept of the plot. So like I said, the concept of the plot was that it was, um, it's everything about the Pyrenees and the people there and the things there. And it does follow, it starts out with this guy getting struck by lightning and dying. And then everything else from there is somehow connected to him and everybody in the book is interconnected and their stories are interconnected and the things are interconnected with the people's stories. But other than that, there's not like a huge plot to follow. And I didn't super like that. I would say this book could have, it's a novel and I think that's might be what's throwing me off is it was described as a novel and marketed as a novel. And I think it should have been marketed and described as something entirely different. If this had been described as a book of poems, even though 
not all of them are in the shape of poems, I think that would have been sick. If it had been described as a book of short stories, I think that would have worked too, especially because the table of contents, like each chapter is named instead of numbered, which is almost more like short stories, but it was marketed as a novel. Um, and on the cover, it was marketed on a novel. So that's one of these examples of judging a book by its cover doesn't necessarily tell you what the book is going to be like. Because I went into this thinking it was going to be a novel. And while it may be considered that, I don't think it is one. And that's why the plot falls short for me and is only a five. But that being said, I did rate this book a seven for the characters. Animating non-living things or non-sentient things is so cool and i think this author did that beautifully um when she was speaking from the perspective of animals plants the mountain weather that was so cool and it all felt very much like oh weird that is how i actually think a mushroom would talk or a deer would would have thoughts to itself so that felt very authentic even though we know that's not something that can like actually occur the people too i wasn't compelled by the plot of this book and so i wasn't really invested in the characters so that's why i can't rate it, rate it much higher than a seven but i will applaud her because there was a lot of characters happening in this book and they all had very distinct voices and tones and like ways of speaking. And that says a lot to her talent as a writer that she can so quickly take on these different characters and they're all so different um, and they all feel so different. The only thing that's like not great, I guess, about this is like I didn't have time to get invested in any of them, but I don't think that's really mandatory for a book. And that's why I almost do wish it had been poem marketed as poetry or short stories, because in a novel, you expect to get invested in characters or at least a character. And when that doesn't happen, it does leave some room for disappointment. Whereas in short stories, it's okay to just get these little bites of people. So that's sort of how I feel about that. Lastly, I just want to say, there's these some characters in this book who are ghosts. And I loved the way that she decided to like write from the perspective of ghosts and describe ghosts and describe the non-ghosts in comparison to the ghosts. Um, and so I just think that was really cool. I think the characterization in this book was really good and really clever. Even if I never felt truly invested in any of the characters' stories. So that's my review of when I sing the mountain when I sing the mountains dance. A little all over the place, but it was like a interesting. It was an interesting time I had while reading this book, and that's it. That sounds very interesting. I would like to read it. Mm -hmm. I would like to read it. It's sort of fun to like actually think about the concept of judging a book by its cover because neither book we read ended up being like what we thought. Right. And that just proves that's what happens when you judge a book by the cover. It's not necessarily bad. I definitely thought my book was going to be more like noir. It looks like it looked like it would. Right. Nope. It was the cat with the gun. It was the cat with the gun. He's tricking us all. Tricked us. Tricked us, that little cat. Um, what are we doing next week? Oh, my God. Next week is a very special episode. We have a very special guest coming to visit us. Next week, our very best friend, one of our very best friends, another Pratt alum, Miss Lindsay Lopp, is joining us. Lindsay. Lindsay. And what's she joining us for, Marissa? She's joining us for a little episode on reproductive rights. Yeah, this video, I, I, this video, this video, this episode, I guess, is a little late in terms of like, not actually because it's very much still happening, but this episode was inspired, obviously, by the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Um, and it's coming out on international or national. It's coming out on Women's Day, the 
around then, the 25th, 26th of August. And we're excited. And we're excited. Do you already um, know what you're going to read? Yes. Let me grab it because I don't remember the title or the author. <laughs> I just I'll go first then. Go first. I'm go first. reading a book called Roe v. Wade by Matt Shaw. Um, it is said to be an extreme horror book. And we don't yet know how we feel about a man writing extreme horror about Roe v. Wade. And I'll say not only is he a man, but he's a British man. Oh, uh-huh. Interesting. Huh? Interesting. Yeah. Let's see what happens there. Um, I'm reading The Core of the Sun by Johanna Sincello. It's translated from the Finnish. And it was described as a genre that I guess is only in Finland, but I fucking love this. It's called Finnish Weird. And I'm like, okay. New I Finnish Weird all the time. <laughs> um, and it's dystopian. We love. Uh, kind of Handmaid's Tale-esque, where women are separated into like different groups, those that can reproduce and those that cannot or those that are deemed to be able to reproduce and those that are deemed not. And I don't know. It also has like an illegal chili pepper trade happening in the background. Mm. I I'm excited. It seems weird as fuck. It sounds great. Um, let me figure out Lindsay. I want to just figure, I know the book she's reading, but I don't know the author's name. So let me pull that up. But it's a book she's been wanting to read for a while. It's called Outlawed by Anna North. Um, and this is another one. It's also about reproductive rights. Um, and I'll let Lindsay describe it. But it's an instead of a dystopia, it's an alternate history of the past. Ooh, so that sounds have, very cool. It sounds like we have like a regular, like Roe v. Wade, like true, like this timeline, low-key, an alternate timeline. And a future timeline happening. Mm-hmm. Look and at us go. Episode. Look at us go. The girls pick some good ones. <laughs> and that's it. That's all we got. We'll see ya when we see ya. And we talk about reproductive rights. With you. With together. You. Make sure you tune in. And um peace out. Peace out. <laughs>